Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. The eternal challenge. A journey through the miraculous Quran by Abu Zakaria. Preface. The last century has witnessed a surge in literature about the Quran in many languages written by Muslims and non-Muslims alike. More often than not, such works focus on a single topic or are directed at a scholarly audience. So I decided to write this book because there was a need for a comprehensive and up-to-date work about the Quran for people of all faiths and none. I have avoided an academic style in order to make the book accessible to everyone. No prior knowledge of the Quran or Islam is needed to read this book. I want to give readers an insight into why the Quran has captivated the hearts and minds of over 1.5 billion Muslims around the world, including my own. Please note that it is not possible for one book to cover every nuance of the Qur'an, nor is it possible to address every contention. Such a scope would require volumes. I therefore encourage readers to reflect on the points this book raises and also undertake their own further research. My sincere hope is that this book will serve as a valuable companion for those sitting out on the stimulating journey to discover the message of the Qur'an, a message that extends to everyone who is prepared to listen to what it has to say. We value any feedback that you might have. As such, we have set up an online research to provide updates to the book and also address any questions we receive from readers. This is, you can visit www.onereason.org slash eternal challenge. Also, as this is the first book of its kind, there is a possibility of errors. If readers do happen to come across any errors, then we kindly request that you please notify us eternal challenge at onereason.org so that they can be corrected in a future edition. Finally, I would like to thank all those who helped me along my journey of writing this book, which represents the culmination of decades of collective research. This book would simply not have been possible without the support of my family and the hard work of my peers who are too numerous to mention by name. I am especially grateful to Hamza uh, Zoratziz and uh, Sabur Ahmed for entrusting me with writing a book of this importance. Their contributions and encouragement have been invaluable. Most importantly of all, I am grateful to Allah for His help, without which nothing, nothing could have been done. 
I humbly pray to him to accept this work as a service unto him and to forgive me for any unintentional mistakes. Abu Zakaria, manyprofitsonemessage.com A very important website, manyprofitsonemessage.com Well, let's go over the content. I'll just go over the content quickly so that you will have a comprehensive look. What is the Quran? What does it teach? What are its main themes? Belief in God Almighty, stories of the prophets and past nations, the hereafter, why believe in the Quran, the concept of God, preservation, timelessly relevant, timelessly relevant, literary features, structure, accurate predictions about the future, reveals lost knowledge from history, cannot be imitated, life of the Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessing be upon him, impact on society, reflections on the signs of the Quran. These are the topics that will be covered in addition to who authored the Quran, some final thoughts, and of course, at the end of the book, there are references. Well, let's go over the topics or the content, take topic by topic. First, what is the Quran? What is the Quran and how did it come about? Muslims believer, Muslims believe, sorry, Muslims believe that the Quran was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, by God Almighty through the angel Gabriel. The Quran informs us that Muhammad is the final messenger in a long line of messengers that God sent before him, such as Abraham, Moses, and Jesus, peace be upon them all. This is one of the many unique aspects of the Quran. It acknowledges all of the messengers sent by God. The Quran's impact on the word is immeasurable. Although the Quran was revealed in 7th century Arabia, it contains a universal message for the whole of mankind. Because of the Quran, there are over 1.5 billion Muslims in the world today, near, nearly a quarter of a humanity. They are people of all races. They are people of all races, nationalities, and backgrounds. Just to give you a practical demonstration of how many Muslims there are in the world at any given moment, on any day, someone somewhere is reciting the Quran. It is estimated that there are many millions of Muslims alive today who have memorized the, who have memorized the entire Quran. One has to wonder what is it about the Qur'an that has made such an imprint on the hearts of over a billion Muslims. While the Qur'an is the most widely read book in the world, it is also arguably the most often misunderstood and misrepresented. These days it seems that everyone is talking about the Qur'an. But how many have actually read it? How many have allowed it to speak uh, for itself? 
whether you have read the Qur'an or not, whether you have even heard of the Qur'an before or not, it has already shaped and influenced your life in ways you cannot imagine. You may be thinking to yourself, do all religions not make fantastical claims? After all, if these ancient books were originally written in the past, and we were not there at the time to witness the events, then does not belief in them ultimately derive from blind faith? Muslims do not just believe in, the, in that, do not just believe that the Quran, again, Muslims do not just believe that the Quran is from God based on a blind faith. The Quran is a living miracle, one that we can all experience for ourselves. Bold claims need to be backed up by strong evidence. As you are going to see, the Quran challenges its reader and engages our intellect by providing many testable and verifiable proofs of its divine origin. This book is going to challenge misconceptions and make some strong assertions. If you are a skeptic of religious books because you think they are filled with too many fantastical claims and insufficient evidence, then prepare to be surprised. If you have already read the Quran and think that you have seen everything uh, it has to offer, think again. What does it teach? What does it teach? There is a profound question that each and every one of us reflects on at some point during our lives. Why am I here? What is my purpose? When we reflect upon our own existence, we will come to the realization that at some point in time we began to exist. Since we once did not exist and now we do, it follows that we must have had a beginning. In the light of this, the Quran puts forward a simple but powerful argument with regard to our origins. Or were they created by nothing? Or were they created by nothing? Or were they the creators of themselves? Or did they create the heavens and the earth? Rather, they are not certain. Quran chapter 52 verses 35 and 36. The Quran engages its audience by inviting us to ponder upon some rational, logical questions which we can use to arrive at a conclusion. Not only about our origin, but also about the origin of everything that exists in the material world. In other words, the entire universe. There is an abundance, there is an abundance, there is an abundance of cosmological evidence that the universe had a beginning. This is the most predominant view among uh, cosmologists. If we take these questions that the Quran poses and apply them to the universe, then there are three possibilities for its origin. One, it was created from nothing. Two, it was self-created. Three, it has an external cause. The first possibility is that the universe was created from nothing, 
Can something really come from nothing? This is impossible. We know from our own personal experience of life as well as the laws of the universe that things do not just pop into existence out of nothing. Out of nothing, nothing comes. Out of nothing, nothing comes. This leads us to the next possibility. The universe was self-created. Can something create itself? This is a self-contradiction. Something creating itself requires its own pre-existence. Things cannot exist and not exist at the same time. That would be like saying that your mother gave birth to herself. Since something cannot come from nothing and self-creation is absurd, then what is the alternative? There is one final possibility. The universe has an external cause. This is the best explanation for the origin of the universe and everything in it, including ourselves, because it is intuitive and concurs with natural law. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. One has to wonder, is the creative force behind the universe some random event or an intelligent mind? Universal human existence tells us that when we find things working according to systems and laws, something intelligent has made those systems and laws. Let us take an example of something most of us have and use on a regular basis, the mobile phone. Mobile phones are composed of a few basic elements such as plastic, glass, silicone and some uh, precious metals. Plastic comes from oil, glass and silicone come from sand. So basically what you are holding in your hand is, so, is oil and sand. Now imagine if you were walking along the desert. Now imagine if you were, walk, uh, if you were walking along the desert rich in oil and sand and you picked up a mobile phone which you just found lying there. Would the thought ever enter your mind that this is a product of millions of years of random events? The wind blew, the sun shone, the rain fall. Sorry, again. The wind blew, the sun shone, the rain fell, lightning, lightning struck, the oil bubbled, the camel trod, and after millions and millions of years, the mobile phone formed itself. In reality, is there a chance that this could have randomly formed itself through natural processes? In reality, is there a chance that this mobile could have randomly formed itself through natural processes? However remotely possible, most of us would simply not accept this as a reasonable explanation. Why then would we accept such an explanation for our universe which is significantly more complex than a mobile phone? When we observe the planets, solar systems, galaxies, stars and everything else in the universe, we see that they are all highly ordered with intricate systems and laws in place. A good example is the incredible fine-tuning of the universe. Evidence shows that the constants of physics have been finely tuned to a degree impossible for human engineering to achieve, never mind a random event. 
One such example is the cosmological constant. The Nobel Prize winner and a professor of physics, Steven Weinberg, made the following calculation with regard to the cosmological constant. Let's hear it. One constant does seem to require an incredible fine-tuning. The existence of life of any kind seems to require cancellation between different contributions to the vacuum energy, uh, accurate to about 120 decimal places. If not, if not, the universe either would go through a complete cycle of explanation, sorry, if not, the universe either would go through a complete cycle of expansion and contraction before life could arise, or would expand so rapidly that no galaxies or stars could form. I will repeat this. One constant does seem to require an incredible fine-tuning. The existence of life of any kind seems to require a cancellation between different contributions to the vacuum energy accurate to about 120 decimal places. If not, the universe either would go through a complete cycle of expansion and contraction before life could arise, or would expand so rapidly that no galaxies or stars could form. To put it, in, to put it another way, if this constant differed by one part, uh, uh, then if this constant differed in one part, in uh, in in the in the mil- uh, then there would have been uh, to put it in another way, if this constant differed by one part. Uh, then there would have been no chance for life in the universe. This degree of fine-tuning is difficult to imagine because such accuracy represents an incredibly sensitive balance. The following analogy should make it easier to visualize. Imagine if every grain of sand on earth from every beach and desert that exist was collected together and placed in a gigantic container. Now take just one of these grains, paint it red, and mix it back with the rest of the sand. Blindfold a friend and ask them to pick out the red grain. What are the odds that they will be successful? Yet you would have to believe in such a feat to believe that the fine-tuning of the universe came about by chance. The cosmological constant is just one example. There are many others, including the ratio of electrons and protons, the ratio of electromagnetic force and gravity, and the mass density of the universe. These have similar degrees of fine-tuning. Together, they form a delicately balanced system, virtually nothing of which can be altered without either preventing the universe from existing or making it unsuitable for any form of life to exist. This would be similar, uh, this would be similar to painting one of those grains of sand blue, one green and one yellow, and picking them out in that order after the, re- the red grain. Is it not much more reasonable to conclude that the universe and life are a result of willful intelligent design? 
such fine-tuning throughout the laws of physics demonstrates the wisdom and power of the creator of the universe. As the Quran tells us, he is the originator of the heavens and the earth. And when he decrees something, he says only be and it is. Chapter 2, verse 117. Now having a creator is one thing, but how do we know we have a purpose? Everything in this universe has a purpose. Even simple things like a chair, a bowl, and even the book you are holding in your hands serve a purpose. Would it not be sad if we did not have a purpose? If we reflect and look at the world around us, we can easily come to the conclusion that we must have a purpose. Think about the vastness of our universe with all its billions of galaxies and trillions of planets. The Quran tells us that God did not create all this for no reason. We did not create the heavens and the earth and everything between them playfully. Quran chapter 21, 21 verse 16. The sun gives us warmth, the clouds give us rain, the trees and animals give us uh, food. Since a lot of systems that God has put in a place in our universe are to ensure our survival and well-being, then God must have a purpose in mind for us too. This is what the Quran tells us about this purpose. It is God who created the heavens and the earth who has sent down water from the sky and with it brought forth produce to nourish you. He has made ships useful to you, sailing the sea by his command, and the rivers too. He has made the sun and the moon useful to you, steady on their paths. He has made the night and day useful to you and given you some of everything you asked him for. If you try to account if you try to count God's favors you could never calculate them Quran chapter 14 verses 32 to 34 So that so that nagging question comes up again what is our purpose again the Quran has the answer I created jinn spirits and mankind only to worship me Quran chapter 51 verse 56 Now what do you understand about worship or in Arabic ibadah most will say prayer this is correct however in the Quran worship or or is full servitude and it is much more comprehensive than just praying it includes all acts of obedience that are pleasing to our creator even exercise and eating can be acts of worship if our intention is to stay healthy and strong. What perform worship? Sorry, why perform worship? Why perform worship? It is important to understand that our Creator does not need our worship. In fact, the Quran tells us that it is human beings who have a need to worship. We are more than just flesh and bone. We have a spiritual side that also needs nourishing. Many people are wealthy, materially speaking, but are unhappy with their lives because they neglect their spiritual well-being. In order for us to experience true peace, both of both our bodies and soul need to be in tune with our Creator. 
Truly it is in the remembrance of God that hearts find peace. Chapter 13 verse 28 By endeavoring to make every aspect of our lives pleasing to our Creator, we will be in a state of constant remembrance of God and our hearts will be at peace. This is a revolutionary way of thinking, but practically, if someone were to do this, a lot of their actions would not change. A lot of their actions would not change. Crucially, however, the thought process behind their actions would, and they would find the inner peace so needed in today's society. Again, I will repeat that this is a revolutionary way of thinking, but practically, if someone were to do this, a lot of their actions would not change. Crucially, however, the thought process behind their actions would, the thought process behind their actions would, and they would find the inner peace so needed in today's society. So, a question rises, what is the best way to worship God? To help us consider this, let us again return to the example of mobile phones. Mobile phones are obviously not as sophisticated as human beings, but we share many things in common. We both have a lifespan, we both require energy to function correctly, and we both can be damaged if we are not properly taken care of. When mobile phones develop a problem, the first thing most people do is to refer to the instruction manual for the mobile phone. Why? Because it has been made to show us the best way of using it, and we rightly listen to the experts. The creator of the phone knows the best way to use that phone, and they have imparted their knowledge to us in the form of instructional manuals. Similarly, uh, similarly then, the Qur'an is like an instruction manual for humanity as it came from the one who made us, God, our Creator, and He knows us better from, uh, from the one whom, uh, sorry, and He knows us better than we know ourselves. Similarly then, the Qur'an is like an instruction manual for humanity as it came from the one who made us, God, our Creator, and He knows us better than we know ourselves. This is why his knowledge and his guidance for how we should live will always surpass any invented human philosophies and ways of life. Why would an all-powerful, all-wise being send us guidance? Why not just create us and leave us to our own devices? The Quran tells us that as well as having attributes of power and wisdom, our Creator is also the most forgiving and most loving. It is He who brings people to life and will restore them to life again. And He is the most forgiving, the most loving. Quran chapter 85, verses 13 and 14. Our Creator cares about us and it is out of His mercy that He sent mankind the Quran. This is the end of part one. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah.